This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back on Inside Black and Gold. This is the mailbag segment. I'm Jeff Nowak. Um, but the first thing I want to get to, and, and no one asked this, I was hoping someone would so I could play this clip without having to present it myself. But no one asked this. But So one rumor that circulated prior to Mickey talking was this idea that Kai Harley was going to get promoted to GM and Mickey would take a executive role of some kind, you know, and, and the only reason that I thought, okay, you know, I hadn't heard it personally in, in terms of anyone confirming it to me, but the only reason I thought, okay, maybe this is something that might happen is because that's how the Pelicans operate, right? David Griffin is executive vice president of basketball operations and Trajan Langdon is the GM, but for all intents and purposes, anything that goes wrong with the Pelicans, no one's like, Hey, Trajan, get over here. They're saying, Hey, Griff, what the hell? Right. So like that's the only reason I thought maybe maybe there was some credence to it, even though it wasn't something that I had uh, sourced in any way. But, you know, it was <laughs> it, it's and, and it's funny because in a lot of instances, I think Mickey would be like, I don't pay attention to that stuff. I don't know what you're talking about. In this case, he was very ready to dunk <laughs> to dunk on this. Oh, man. So I do want to I do um, I do want to play that for you really quick. So here here's that. Office is staying the same as far as your position. Yeah, I saw a couple of things. That was just made up, whatever. I saw, I know what you're referencing. Somebody just made that up. That's never been discussed or talked about. Now, am I slower? Yeah, I probably ran a 4.5 when I was 30, and I don't think I could run 5 flat right now. So I am slower. But, yeah. You know, I've, I've been asked that question. You get asked that when you get to a certain age, right? Whatever age that is. And I've said, look, I'm just going to wake up one morning and say this is the day. And it's not going to be tomorrow, but everything for the next 10 years is open. We'll see. I, I just thought that was funny because, you know, again, normally you just shoot, say, like, I don't pay attention to social media, whatever. But it did kind of gain traction. Um, and it's not happening. The uh, GM situation is not changing. And that means that, you know, Kai Harley, Jeff Ireland, both guys could potentially leave this offseason, right? Uh, Jeff Ireland is interviewing for the Chargers GM job. Kai Harley is interviewing for the Panthers GM job. Uh, as far as we know, those are the only two jobs those guys are interviewing, but who knows? It could be more. 
you know, if, if Kai Harley gets hired, you're looking at some comp picks uh, based on kind of the minority hiring initiative stuff that that goes on. We saw it happen with Terry Fontenot as well. So we kind of know how that all that whole situation works. Um, but, you know, I, I do think it's interesting. And, and I hear all the time like, well, the Saints front office is a dumpster fire and they don't know what they're doing. And and it's a joke of an operation and blah, blah, blah. But then you see, you know, these guys, these pieces of the front office get interviewed and, and plucked away, right? Like Ryan Pace to the Bears and Terry Fontenot to the Falcons. And so I, I do think it's interesting. Like, clearly there is some respect around the league for how the Saints operate. Um, but locally, I do hear a lot of criticism in terms of, you know, how they make all these terrible decisions. And, you know, I do think from over the last several years, there's a lot of criticism to be placed on the drafting specifically. Uh, and that's something that I, I am interested to see if maybe they make some adjustments. But let's get into the comments. 992 RAS says, Mickey took smack talk into a new level. I appreciate this. This is funny to me. Um, and yeah, the gum. I, I think Mickey's probably going to watch back some of those clips and be like, oh, gosh, what was I doing? Because, yeah, that's that's not something I have seen before. And it's something I hope to never see again. Because uh, that was just, that was, a, that, was a, that was a bit much. Chris P says, Halls works for a cough. yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just think it, it was very strange. It was, I've also never heard of gum being a cough deterrent. So, so that's news to me that that's even a thing. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's all hope that, that the gum goes away for any future, uh, future press conferences. 982 RAS, he also says he thinks Mickey was trolling the media because to compare him to those coaches is crazy. And, you know, I, so, you know, we, we kind of get back into this a little bit, right? Because I think... The, the reaction is going to be, I can't believe he's comparing or comparing Dennis Allen to Tom Landry and Chuck Noll and Bill Belichick. And I don't think, you know, well, when, you, when you hear Mickey talk, you need to understand that he's always coming at this from a front office perspective. He's not coming at this from a evaluation perspective of, I expect Dennis Allen to be Chuck Noll, Tom Landry, Bill Belichick. He's coming at this from... He's comparing his own situation right now to the situation that these other front offices were in and whether they chose to be patient or to move on, right? And so I think that's when when Mickey is writing down these records on a sheet and saying, I got them. This is it. This is the, this is gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna wish they never asked this question because I got them. I think that's kind of where he's, where he's coming at it from. I, I, I mean, I'm not, you know, that's just my interpretation um because but i i'd like to think that mickey doesn't sit there and 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 be like eh, it's, it's bill belichick in 20 years baby that's what uh that's what dennis allen's gonna be but hey who knows who knows mickey's he's getting up there in age we'll see <laughs> but i do think it's interesting pammy whammy has dennis allen ever made it to the playoffs as a head coach no we we know this you know he obviously those three years in oakland were, were god awful right um you know seven and ten last year nine and eight this year Again, and, I, and I've said this, like, this is kind of the, you know, that you, you had that nine and eight season. I think that's, that was your opportunity to potentially uh, do that. I think if you go nine and eight this season, you're done. You know, I, I think that's kind of where you're at is like, you need it to improve. And if it does great, if it doesn't, Hey, we gave you every opportunity to succeed and you move on. But no, he hasn't ever been to the playoffs. We know this, you know, they were close this year. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to say that this team is, is where it needs to be, but you know, there's a reality where, you know, Derek Carr doesn't get hurt in that Packers game. You win it. You're ten and six, ten and seven, and you know, instead of the Bucks, it's you in the playoffs facing the Eagles, right? And 
you know, I don't think that Eagles team was beating anybody. And you're sitting there going into the divisional round of the playoffs talking about this is a playoff berth. I don't think the season like and, and that's the thing is that would have been effectively the same season. One thing that happens differently and suddenly you're having a whole different conversation. And and while like that can't be the end all be all of the of the conversation. This idea that they're so far off also doesn't seem to be in reality, right? You know, we can talk about the schedule and how easy it was and and whatever. Everyone in the NFC South had an easy schedule, right? Um, you know, one team went seven and ten, one team went nine and eight, one team went two and fifteen. Two teams went nine and eight, I guess I should say. But yeah, that's you're, you're, the NFC South is not getting better. <laughs> that's the thing like we can say oh well this this was their chance this was their one chance i do you really look around the nfc south and and see this this division with teams on the upswing no i i don't now you know the, the bucks are interesting i'm interested to see how they operate they're gonna you know they bit the bullet on the cap space this year so they can be a little more proactive next year how much do you spend on baker what kind of deal do you give baker Right, you know, their their skill players are getting older. Like Devontae David is getting older. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they're getting older. Right, so are you able to thread that needle, or do you need to tear down a little bit and get some young playmakers in there? Obviously, Trey Palmer had a nice rookie season, um, but we'll see. But again, like that's that's the your your top competition. Um, Falcons are going to be interesting. They don't have a quarterback, and they're not really in position to go get one of the top ones. Now, if they if they do, then that changes the equation a little bit. But we all thought the same thing about Bryce Young last year, and we saw how that worked out. So, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not looking at this division and saying, man, they just they can't get it done. Uh, Jason Brown says all those other coaches inherited bad teams. Da inherited a really good roster. I assume you're talking about with the Saints. He inherited a, a, a solid roster, but one without a quarterback that you know you felt could get the job done. So, yeah, no, I mean, it, this these two years ha- can't be viewed as a as a massive success. Of course not. But he didn't inherit Drew Brees. He inherited Jameis, a quarterback that I don't think he ever had faith in. And I think we saw that play out. And yeah, this first year with Derek Carr was obviously not ideal either. Um, but you know, he's not the first coach to, to walk into a situation and not have it be perfect. I think the problem with the Saints is you're never going to have that young quarterback developing if you don't go draft young quarterbacks. And so you're sitting at 14 this year and, you know, I've, I don't, I, I kind of look at this as uh, you know, and this isn't really the question, but we're going to get into this a lot more as the draft gets closer and closer. I'm kind of Jaden Daniels or bust in this draft. You know, I, like, I think right now everyone's, everyone's under the impression that the quarterbacks are going to go one, two, three. I think probably one, two is guaranteed. And, and I am interested to see how the, how the interest level around Jaden Daniels kind of ebbs and flows throughout this pre-draft process. Cause I think he's definitely a first round quarterback. I don't know if he's a top five quarterback. And so if I'm the saints and I'm looking at it and, and, and Jaden starts to fall down the board, I'm moving whatever I need to, to go get him. Now, what, where is that? Is that six? Is that eight moving up from 14 to, to six is a lot. You know, moving up from 14 to nine, like the, the Bears did it to get Justin Fields, right? He dropped to 10. The Bears traded up. They had to give up a future first round pick to to do that. You know, obviously the Bears are in a situation now where they have more assets than they know what to do with. 
but they did have to pay for it. Like they paid a premium to go get that. I think they went from 22 to 10 or something like that. The Giants ended up taking Kadarius Tony, who obviously did not work out for the Giants. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, but, but I don't want to see. I don't think Penix is a guy you take at 14. I don't think uh, Bo Nix is a guy you take at 14. And you don't have a third round pick. So I I, I don't know. Like I, I'd like to see them be aggressive in terms of the quarterback market. I just don't know how much you can be, but we'll, we'll see, right? Like we'll see how Jaden looks at the combine, how, how he does in these interviews. And I, I just think there is a chance that he falls down the board or maybe a Drake may, or maybe, you know, I don't think Caleb Williams is going anywhere, but I think one of those two in terms of Drake may Jaden Daniels could potentially fall into an area the Saints could trade up in, but I don't think they're trading up to three. And I also don't think that Michael Penix makes sense at 14. Maybe you trade down and get Michael Penix, knowing that he's not your starter this year. I don't know. Uh, we've we've seen the Saints not do that for so long. It's hard to even project it to even what it might look like. But maybe this is the year. Maybe it is. We'll see. Rubber Johnny says, I agree that the work wasn't being done. What I'm concerned about is if DA is the guy the team is going to listen to if they're planning on tightening things up. Yeah, that, it's a, that is a more than fair question. We'll see. You know, I, I do think you take some confidence out of the the way things went at the end of the season, right? I do think that you fixed some of these problems and you were able to get on the right track. But, you know, the, do those problems come back? Do those cracks come back? You know, I think you you make some changes on the roster and you make some tweaks and and you're ideally, you're in an ideal world, you know, you end up with a group that is a little tighter knit and is going to get the job done, but it's tough to say. But I, I think that is, that's my big question, right? Is can DA lead this room? And if he can, great. If he can't, then you're looking for a new head coach in, in, in 12 months. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um, 992 RIS says, who do you want the Saints to get as the offensive coordinator? Yeah, it's it's tough because I don't, I could sit here and pretend that I know anything about Dan Pitcher and Shane Waldron. I don't. I don't know these guys. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll get to know them over the next week or so in terms of kind of researching how they operate. And I, I do think that bringing someone in who has called plays before and done it successfully is an attractive option. I don't think it's necessary, but I, I think the my issue with the idea of a first-time offensive coordinator is what I said before, which is there's no wiggle room in terms of learning on the job. Like, you got to be ready day one. And this team needs you to be ready day one. And you got to be able to work with a veteran quarterback. This is not a rookie or second year guy that you're gonna kind of you're gonna kind of mold with together. Like you need to be able to walk in and work with a veteran quarterback. So of the names on this list, Shane Waldron is probably the most attractive in terms of kind of kind of threading those needles. I don't think that John Gruden makes a ton of sense. Like he makes sense with Derek Carr. But I don't know if he makes sense as an offensive coordinator because it's like, when's the last time? When was he an offensive coordinator last? Like that's a that's a different job than what you are asking him to do. So I, I don't know. Like I think there's a chance that John Gruden end up, ends up on the staff in another role um, and isn't the offensive coordinator. 
but I, I don't know. Like that, I, I, what my my desire for this job will be someone with play calling experience in some capacity. And right now, Shane Waldron is the guy that that I think makes sense. But you look at those Seahawks offenses with Geno Smith, and I think they kind of regressed this year. So I don't know. It's it's a tough question right now, but we'll see. I think when we get a more definitive, you know, pool of candidates, I think it'll be easier to look at. But because right now it's like I you're just guessing at who they might consider at at what you're looking at. So so right now it's really tough to say. Let's look at some of these more questions and uh, and see. Not, we're talking about the uh, build of the Falcons. 992 RIS says, yeah, if Bill goes to the Falcons, man, the Saints may be third fiddle. Uh, Jerry G. Poor says, I hope Bill don't become the next head coach of the Falcons. He's also asking if there are any gum trucks available. And yeah, yeah I, I mean, you can count me among the skeptical of, of Bill Belichick still having it. Like, I mean, I, I don't know why you would look at the slow erosion of everything the Patriots did well and say that's a coach who should be able to show up in Atlanta and immediately make this huge impact. You know, maybe maybe in a couple years, but I think in order to really change the state, the you know, change the reality for Atlanta, it's got to happen on the offensive side of the ball, right? Like the defensive side of the ball was fine for them. Yeah, I think Ryan Nielsen did a did a did a did a good job. I mean, they had a turnaround on defense that was pretty impressive. It was the offense. It was the lack of a quarterback, and I don't think Bill Belichick's going to show up and change that. Now, if you could say, well, maybe they go out in free agency and find somebody. Maybe they trade for a quarterback. Maybe Russell Wilson ends up there, but. There isn't a huge market of quarterbacks right now that that really gets you excited, right? Like maybe Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Maybe uh, you know, maybe maybe Josh McDaniel signs on as Bill's offensive coordinator, and you bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. But we all saw how great that went in Oakland, or I'm sorry, in Las Vegas. So I I don't know. Like I I I think Atlanta's going to be really excited, and it's kind of hilarious that you know the guy who's responsible for their chief trauma in their lives is now like the guy that they're like, Oh my gosh, we're going to get bill. I guess he's not completely responsible for it. It'd be like if they got Tom Brady, but either way, you know, we'll see. I would be more concerned if they got Harbaugh to be completely honest, particularly because like Harbaugh has a great relationship with some of these young, queer young players coming out. Um, and Hey, has a much better idea of the college game and and who's who who who's for real and who's not and who's ready and who's not so you know like the, the, that would be the hire that made me more concerned is if they got harbaugh than bill because i mean we've seen like again w- what was the cause of the patriots falling to pieces he had everything he, he was in control of personnel he had every piece that he needed he had robert Kraft willing to spend whatever it was you know it, it like they got shut out this year. They were terrible this year. He went and he, he had his hand-picked quarterback, right? Like that didn't go well for him. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I guess I just don't think that it's, you know, it's a splash hire and good for Atlanta, right? But I'm not super concerned about it, at least not this year. Um, but but we'll see. I kind of, I think Bill's still coaching because he wants to get the head coach record for wins. I do. Um, and, and, well, you know, he'll have to prove me wrong. 992 RAS says Bill didn't like spending money. Well, I mean, he didn't like paying players on big contracts after their prime. That's different from Robert Kraft being willing to spend money. 
right? Like when, when Mickey, you know, Mickey yesterday talked about how he thinks Gail Benson is the best owner in sports. And it's not because of her football acumen, which, you know, like, I don't know. I've never had a conversation with her about football, so I don't know how up to speed she is on some of these things. But to, to be a good owner, you need to have an alignment and you need to be willing to give your staff and the coach and the team and the coaches and everything. They, they need all the support that they can get. Owners go wrong is when they, they try to get too involved and they don't allow the people they've empowered to make decisions to make decisions. The whole David Tepper situation, right? Or the Jerry Jones situation where they suddenly need to be so involved in personnel decisions. And uh, like that's, that's where ownership changes things. But Bill had every ability to do exactly what he wanted with that team. And that's why, you know, it, you, you can look at it and say, did Tom, did Tom Brady make Bill Belichick? Because all the evidence would say, yeah. Like all the evidence. Like we talk about how Dennis Allen got off to a slow start and that's in his career, right? And And that's not that different from Bill Belichick with the Browns and even with the Patriots in year one. And you know what the difference was in in the rest of his career prior to this recent stretch of failures was Tom Brady being his quarterback. So I don't know. Unless Tom Brady comes out of retirement and goes to Atlanta, I'm not entirely concerned about it. 504 Hot Boy, I think it makes a good point here. Mickey needs to be trying to snatch someone from the Texans offensive staff to fill some of these holes. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where where you're looking, right? And that's the thing is, you know, if you are looking to pluck someone from the Texans or pluck someone from the 49ers or pluck someone from the Chiefs or whatever, they're playing right now, you know? And so I I am interested to see if that, how that pool of candidates builds after this week. Um, You know, uh, the Texans might win. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I think I think if you're if you're looking at a model to to kind of look at and say what have the what, what have the, some teams done right that have kind of gotten out of this cycle of mediocrity and are on the upswing, that's a team I look at. And obviously, it'd be great if the Saints could draft number two overall and pick whatever quarterback they want, and then draft again at number twelve. That's not going to happen. So you can't do everything the same. But I do think that yeah, I mean these these staffs and these these approaches to the game. I, I think there are there are teams you want to model around, uh, you know, after and teams you don't. Mister O Universe says, "What do you think about QB Spencer Rattler from South Carolina?" Eh, you know, like I, if you're gonna go, you know, middle of the road kind of bargain bin quarterbacks, then you're just gonna stick with Jay Kaner, right? Like I, you drafted him in the fourth round, you're developing him. You know, I I don't think that you're gonna replace Jake with another young quarterback who. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of feel like is the same caliber because that's about where you would probably get him as the fourth round. I do think it's interesting because Spencer Rattler, I remember when he was at Oklahoma, he was like the, you know, everyone was talking about him. He was fantastic. And then all of a sudden, just stopped being that way. Um, so so we'll see. But, you know, I, I don't necessarily think the Saints are going to be in the quarterback market outside of the first round. Maybe, maybe if you like Michael Penix and don't necessarily like him at 14 and he's still on the board at the end of the second round, maybe, I guess the middle of the second, I can't, can't recall what second round pick they have. It's the Broncos pick. You don't have a third round pick. And I think that kind of uh, fluctuates a little bit. You know, you're going to get some comp picks, but I don't think they're going to be third round comps. Um, So we'll have to see, but it's going to be interesting. Let's see. Let's get one more and, uh, and, uh, 
the Stackanova says John Gruden, John Gruden called plays as a head coach, even delegating game management duties to Rich Bisaccia, Rich Bisaccia, while the Raiders were on offense. No, I'm, I'm not saying John Gruden can't call plays. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, when has he been the offensive coordinator? When's the last time? Because I just think that's a different role in terms of what you're being asked to do. And, you know, I'd like you, you could, you could make him the play call. I, I don't know. I just don't think that. It's the way you reintroduce John Gruden to the NFL. Let's put it that way, is having him be the offensive coordinator. But who knows? You know, I, like I, Mickey wouldn't talk about it. Um, if he was going to rule it out, he would have ruled it out. So, you know, take that for what it is. Um, I just, you know, I, I, I think that you, you invite a level of noise by hiring John Gruden that is, at a certain point, not helpful. So you gotta you gotta weigh that against what are you getting versus what are you what what is your ideal for for this? And you'll see. But you know, he's definitely in the conversation. Um and we'll have to see over the next few weeks. But yeah, I'm not saying he can't call plays. Of course he can call plays. I'm just not sure he's an offensive coordinator at heart. <laughs> you know, it's been a long time since he was asked to do something like be an offensive coordinator. Uh, Cause that's more, it's about more than just calling plays. <laughs> like That's why, you know, I, I talk about Pete. I'm not necessarily talking about the play caller. We can criticize the play calling, but when I criticize Pete, I criticize how he leads that group more so, or how he led that group more so than things that happen on game days. Although like we can also criticize what happened on game days. Right. So so we'll see, but I know I know uh, there's a defense of John Gruden going on here, so we don't we don't need to get too into it. But all right, let's let's wrap up this episode of Inside Black and Gold. Thanks everyone for listening, to everyone for hanging out. As always, I appreciate everyone who watches, everyone who throws in a comment. It's always great, always good stuff. Uh, appreciate it. Thanks everyone for putting up with my with my gum chewing display and uh, with with my constant playing of clips of more gum chewing. I know that that uh is not ideal. You know, it's, it's funny just before I go. Yeah. Yeah. I had a bunch of people text me about like, can you just spit the gum out? And I was like, I, I was sitting maybe 30 feet away um, from Mickey and I like from that distance, just hearing him in a room, it didn't seem like that big a deal. But then I went back and I, like I was transcribing a lot of the quotes and, and I was watching the videos. And I was like, Oh God, that's brutal. Um, but yeah, so we, we have bookended this podcast talking about gum chewing. And I can think of no better way to wrap it up. So again, thanks everyone. I'm Jeff Nowak. Hit me up on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. Follow the latest news notes analysis at WWL.com and on the Odyssey app, whatever. Subscribe, give us a rating, give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. And we will be back next week. We'll have Steve Geller. I want to get into some some mock drafts, some pre-draft stuff, talk about some prospects, talk about some folks who will be at the Senior Bowl that I want to get a closer look at because that's going to be honest before we know it that sort of thing. So if there's anyone you want us to take a closer look at, let me know. Otherwise, who dat? Go Saints. Thanks, everyone. Peace.